down. Morris. Intercepted. Wow. Travis Hunter. We told you we coming. We told you we coming. You thought we was joking. And guess what? We keep receipts. God bless you, America. Oh, God is good. Welcome back to You Better You Bet. Brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Say it with me, everybody. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Also, maybe we should just say Tyler. Tyler. Tyler said Colorado is going to beat TCU on the show on Thursday. And and lo and behold, Colorado, Sanders, Hunter, the Buffaloes beating. Also, TCU might be absolutely terrible, but Colorado does get the win, 45-42. Colorado now ranked in the top 25. Absolutely amazing. We'll get to Pete Prisco next hour. We'll get to Brian Boldinger next hour. We'll get back to P-squared, B-squared, week one in the National Football League next hour. But for now, we got to recap what was an insane week one in college football on this day one of Lochmas. College football is the best time of the year. The fight songs. Announcers going crazy. Martinez steps up, throws. What an interception! Oh my gosh! The roar of the crowd. But for Nick and Ken, college football only sounds like one thing. It's Lockmas time on you. Hey. hey. Also, um, I think that we need to bestow some salutations on our guy, Santa Barkley. Ken Lockie, whatever his name is, Lockie Lockerson, Ken Barkley, who has had an incredible weekend picking games in college football. I think Texas State might have been the best call. Texas State thumping Baylor, like Texas State plus four touchdowns. So if you bet Ken Barkley's games in college football, which I did this weekend, you were a winner. And we'll hope to keep that rolling, obviously, throughout the season. We'll leave out the Feliz Nari top results until uh, we're in Vegas on Thursday. Because, you know, it might not have been that great. So, Santa, Mm -hmm. what have you got for us here following a crazy week one in college football that saw Colorado beat TCU, that saw Florida State, Make a statement and so much more. Yeah, we'll do, uh, and I'll do, I'll do record recap on Friday when we do the the pick segment. Just because I think we we want to start doing that for both. It'd be just be funny to compare the two. I can very easily go seventeen games under five hundred this weekend. I hope I don't. That'd be really bad. I would lose money, but uh, but totally possible. It was just it was a really fun week. A lot of things went really well and won, uh, and we'll actually kind of wrap together a lot of the results. Three specifically, um, with this point, uh, I think. We're starting to get a, a pretty big body of evidence and uh, only, I guess only two seasons now, but like starting to get more data points. And I'm just like, man, I think this is really a thing. Uh, I think the market is having a really, really, I mean, this is almost duh at this point, but like, it's worth saying. I think the market is really, really, really having a hard time rating teams that make really, really dramatic moves through the transfer portal in large quantity or of large value players. And I, the betting market is smart and is efficient in most things and like gets a lot of things right. But man, a pretty big blind spot the last two years, if you just go by like teams that really rated the transfer portal to a high degree 
how they performed against their season-long numbers, and how they performed especially in their openers when we had not yet seen them play yet. Remember, like, once we see Colorado play, and we'll talk about the Nebraska game in a second, like, we're going to update that rating. Really, like, that that number is going to be way different every time we see them play, because if they look really good, they'll start to get a lot more credit, and they'll get credit fast. I mean, got 10 points of credit, basically, off the TCU game. Uh, but if we look at last year's teams, the teams that made an incredible splash through the transfer portal, and I, I wrote about this a little bit, we even talked about it a little bit, USC obviously would be number one last year. Like Lincoln Riley goes to USC, takes Caleb Williams, gets a bunch of other players to transfer in. They were like sort of the number one portal rating team, but LSU was right behind them. And Ole Miss got a lot of stuff through the portal. Those were the top three kind of portal addition teams last year. What do all those three teams have in common? Well, they all went over their win total last year. So you could argue the market maybe had a blind spot for teams that chose to build this way. Cause again, it's a new thing. Like people are just starting to do this and we're not sure the re the result that it's going to have. And we need to almost like, well, we need to gather more data before we know if it's a thing. Okay, so year one, USC, who I bet under on, and like I got wrong, I think I had under 10 on them. And they're going to go over, I mean, they went over last year. LSU went way over their win total. Ole Miss went barely over their win total. So you're like, all right, the transfer teams kind of killed it versus what we thought. Uh, USC covered a bunch of numbers in the first month of the season as well. It's like, all right. That's interesting, but it's only a handful of teams. Like maybe this, was, maybe this was just a weird year. Like who knows? It's like three teams, whatever. Okay, let's look at some of the stuff that happened over the weekend. Uh, the team that had the highest quality transfers from the transfer portal was Florida State. They look like the best team in the country. <laughs> they look unbelievable. The wide receiver they got from Michigan State looks completely like Calvin Johnson out there basically catching touchdowns. And this is going to be really tough on the under 10 win total. Now it's 10, so I, I have to feel like I, we still have a shot here. Um, but man, it, when you watch that game Sunday night, you're just like, oh God, like this is about the worst possible thing that could have happened for my bet. And uh, the good news is their number's 10. At least like it's a big mountain to climb and obviously it's still very live and, and a bunch of stuff can happen. But let's like, to get back to the point, Florida State added a bunch through the portal. They, by all accounts, like won the portal among teams, you know, sort of power conference teams that were building this way. And they really outperformed expectation in week one. That's kind of interesting. That's what we saw last year, too. Okay, there were two teams who by far added the most number of trains, like completely flipped their rosters the most in one season, tried to, tried to flip everything in one year. Those teams were obviously Colorado. That'll be the first one that you think of. All they did was win outright as a 21-point underdog, and they're probably going to go over their win total now. Three and a half. The new adjusted number for them at some sportsbooks is five and a half for Colorado's win total. So, okay big transfer team seems like we kind of got them wrong the other team that added a lot of transfers tried to kind of do like a mini colorado and do, do what they did add a ton of players in one year was texas state that's one of the reasons why we like them so much <laughs> and they added like 38 players through the portal all they did was go 20 plus 27 and a half against baylor and crush them and win the game now part of that's baylor's quarterback gets hurt texas state played very well whatever okay this is like really really interesting now because it's okay, like you're trying to figure out, is this is this just a thing? Or is it a little random and kind of a thing? How much of it is the transfers? Seems like a lot. You have two years now. The first two years teams have tried to build this way, try to go an alternate route from the typical Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, get five-star recruits, hold on to them for dear life, shut out everyone else and build your roster like organically. Okay, now there's this alternate route to build this way. And when teams have chosen to go this route, it kind of seems like we get them really wrong. And it's and even giving USC a high win total last year, we got them wrong. 
like collectively, like in terms of what the closing numbers were in the market, got them wrong. And uh, and we have more evidence this year that that's the case. So that's all very interesting. Basically, it's just like, you know, when we get to next year and we get to the year after, like, does do we start seeing bigger reactions to teams that build through the portal this way? It's just really, really, really interesting that this year, again, you had a 21-point dog win outright, a 27-and-a-half-point dog win outright, and a small point spread team win by about 100. And what do all of them have in common? They all completely outpaced everyone in terms of building through the transfer portal. Obviously, the market, you know, a harsh correction coming for all those teams. Florida State up, Colorado up, Texas State up. That's really, really interesting. I, I love that we now have a new phrase to throw into the sports lexicon. From the producers that brought you, won the offseason and won the press conference, comes this new phrase, won the portal. Love it. Won the portal. You better you bet with Nick and Ken here on a terrific football Tuesday. Lock miss day one, talking week one in the great sport of college football. All right, so you set the table there. You gave us some good stuff. Even a little preview of next offseason leading up to week one. But uh, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, Ken. Let's talk about week two and the rest of this college football season. What did we see happen this weekend? And this could be specifically about the teams that you just discussed that kind of impact what we're going to see in week number two. Or maybe over the course of the season where, like, I know a lot of people are obviously into Travis Hunter or Sanders in the Heisman Trophy market. What do you got for us here? Early thoughts on week two and early thoughts on uh, some season long markets as well. Yeah, it's important to note that um, those teams I mentioned, USC, LSU, Ole Miss last year, and then, okay, so we apply that to this year. That all, that does not mean that those teams cover every game the whole season because it's sort of like, okay, you know, like we can all get fooled collectively. The betting market can sort of get fooled and what the right difference between the teams is. That's not going to last very long because we're all going to, everybody's going to watch the games and everyone's going to consume the data point that we have and be like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's something way different is going on here than what we thought. And you're seeing that already. So I mean, I guess the point of that is like, that doesn't mean bet those, these teams the entire year. Like the market's going to adjust really quickly. It's pretty good at that. And it might take a couple of weeks, but we're going to get there. And I think you're going to see like a, a drastic difference in rating. Some people voted Florida State number one in the top 25 poll this week. Because like, how could you not after what you saw over the weekend? Like, Our who friend cares Brett McMurphy did, before? I think, right? Yeah. I think Brett I mean, McMurphy might, did. Might, might as well. You're more likely to be right than wrong if you just, you know, actually vote on performance as opposed to pedigree or who came into the year that way. Uh, but the, obviously the most dramatic thing that you'll see that is an adjustment to the things we just talked about is the game between Nebraska and Colorado that will take place this weekend, which honestly, and this is not hyperbolic, uh, has a chance to be an all-time betting event in terms of the number of bets that will be placed, the amount of money that will be placed, how the market has already moved and might continue to move in favor of Colorado. I mean, you are seeing the types of you know, sort of charts and statistics and numbers typically reserved for like the Super Bowl. And you're seeing it in terms of bets on Colorado in this game. <laughs> I mean, just every sports book on earth. What are they telling you already? We're, you know, more bets on Colorado than every side on NFL Sunday. Just like not something you normally see. Again, an atypical extreme betting event. It doesn't mean that Colorado is like the wrong side in the game because everyone's betting them. The number is continuing to move in their direction. They're out to three. I think they're going to go to three and a half. This game's obviously the noon game on Saturday, again, on Fox. And uh, But I just understand that like, if you are showing up to bet Colorado, and I know Tyler likes them again this week, and I wouldn't blame people for liking them again. Just understand that like, when no one had seen anything and they were 21 against TCU, who might be bad, okay, like, yeah, like market hasn't caught on yet that these transfers are really good and this team's awesome. That could still be true now. It's just much, much less likely to be true. I mean, a 10-point move 
from what the game projected a week ago has already occurred in the game. Maybe that's not enough. Maybe. Maybe Colorado steamrolls another opponent. It's totally possible. But just, we're going to get really close to the true number pretty fast, probably, on how good Colorado is, because the market has moved really aggressively already in terms of rating them and, and sort of the difference between these two teams. So, you know, maybe Colorado Moneyline was a great opportunity against TCU. It could still be a good opportunity against Nebraska. It's just much less likely to be a really good opportunity because now we've all seen it. Now the pop has happened. Just like kind of kind of tough to know where we go from here. I haven't bet any Colorado season long. I haven't bet any Heisman. I also am not against them. I'm willing to just kind of let this play out. If we see a great betting opportunity, we'll step in. Hour one done. Hour two for you coming up on the other side. We'll get back to P-squared, B-squared, week one in the NFL with the Falcons and the Panthers. But first, conversations with Odyssey Sports NFL insider Brian Baldinger and our good pal Pete Prisco from CBS Sports.